Hi, guys, and welcome to our podcast, Healing the Broken Marriage. I'm your host, Alicia. And today I am so excited because I have Ray Light on the podcast. So, for those of you who don't know, Ray is an identity specialist who has been helping people get to know themselves, their calling, and the freedom that is available to them. Ray is an author, speaker, teacher, identity, identity coach, and healer. Along with one-on-one coaching, teaching, and training, Ray has refined years of in-depth study and real-world experience into resources that will help you easily implement practical and sustainable tools into your life. He developed the identity restoration process that will help you transition from anywhere you are stuck in fear, shame, or guilt back into kingdom lifestyle of freedom, peace, and joy. Ray also has a podcast out called Your True Identity, which I suggest you guys go check out. And I just wanted to say how thankful I am that you are here. And I'm excited for the listeners to be able to draw from your wisdom today. So welcome, Ray. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here, Alicia. I really, I really appreciate it. I know. I'm really excited. Um, So I just kind of wanted to give you a little preface about what we've been talking about. So on this podcast, we've been talking about some hard topics that marriages and relationships face anywhere from betrayal to trauma um, and triggers, just to name a few. And I really wanted to bring you in on these conversations because when you've experienced betrayal or trauma, your identity can become wrapped up into what happened to you. And I know for me in my own life and marriage, the trauma that, that occurred within our marriage became my identity. And then everything I saw or looked at was through that lens of trauma. And I've heard some yeah. of your journey, but I was just kind of wondering if you could take the listener on your journey with trauma and what the turning point was for you. Wow. Well, it's been an interesting journey and I'm still on it. <laughs> it's There's been minor yeah. turning points and there's been major turning points for me. Um, but my, my journey, trying to even think about how it really fits with marriages and my marriage and relationships, it started out with me growing up in a very, very confusing household where all of us were just, it was just kind of like we grew up, we were just five individual people in the same household. And my mother, uh, sadly was a narcissistic alcoholic and, uh, just really, really wounded And my dad was just kind of like more of a neglectful. He was like a nice guy that I think he dealt with depression uh, is what how looking back, I would say he probably dealt with depression and he just kind of was isolated and would do his thing and very just not involved. And he let my mother be verbally and emotionally abusive, but he really wasn't abusive except for the neglect is the way I would describe it. And so I, I grew up there and with the... The way I would describe it, I grew up with an ambivalent uh, attachment disorder, ambivalent and uh, avoidant attachment disorder because of the nature of, for me as a child, I can even even think back and, and relate to, and working with a therapist, I've, I've been able to reconnect with some of the areas from my deep childhood where it was actually more comfortable for me to stay in my uncomfortableness 
than it was to be able to get any kind of help from my mother. It was more right. uncomfortable to get any help from her because of her woundedness. So I really got that ambivalent kind of avoidance style of attachment disorder because of that. Right. And most of my life, I've just been alone because of the nature mm-hmm. of when, when I say alone, I can be with people and still be alone is what I mean by that. Right. So it doesn't matter who I'm okay. with. I'm still alone really inside. And, right. and I'm, you know, as we started talking a little bit before this, people, you know, I, I've been sharing this for a little while now, even with, you know, my, my podcast is about demystifying the mental and emotional health issues is I, I'm, I'm ultra rapid cycling bipolar two with uh, mixed episodes is kind of the diagnosis that, that I have. I have an actual emotional disorder. So I grew up with that. I didn't understand it. There's all kinds of things I tried to do to manage my own emotional swings and my own issues and my depression and my hypomania. So there was all kinds of ways on my own that I self-medicated not knowing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And it was a, it was a pretty traumatic thing for me just in the, you know, as a child, the verbal abuse, minor physical abuse, but the verbal and mental abuse from a, a narcissist is extreme. And and it was, you just, I never knew what was going on there with, with you know, the type of of parental guidance I had. And yeah. there was never a time yeah. where I expected to get any comfort. And actually, that's that's kind of one of the things. By the time I was 15 is where, where it got bad enough that one of the things that, that I, I thought was good and, and bringing comfort in my life got taken from me. And that was when I decided uh, death was my only freedom. And at 15 years old, I, I tried to overdose on some pills and it didn't work. Uh, obviously I'm still here. Praise God. Still, I survived yeah. that. And, mm-hmm. and at one point, during that process, just looking back at it recently, I still remember that my mother was just annoyed and frustrated that I did that. There was, I never got compassion from that. I can look back and realize mm-hmm. I never got compassion and it was even used against me as a weapon as it went on after that. Wow. And wow. it was like an emotional weapon used against me later on in life. And, and through for, for years, I can look back and see that. So there was never any compassion that kind of happened from that. There was never any counseling. There was an, never any nurturing after that. It was just continual mental and emotional abuse that happened. And, and eventually, um, you know, I, I grew up, got older, moved out, living my own life and met my wife, you know, at the time and her and I connected and we got married. We actually... Um, we were dating for three months. Neither one of us were were in the Lord at that time. Mm-hmm. And she got pregnant once we were dating for three months and we lived together for about a year. And then we got married and we were married for say what four years when we had our second child. So we had two children that are that are adults now, uh, 31 and 26, if I remember correctly. Um, <laughs> I don't timestamp well. So um so that's apparently one of the issues with my my emotional issues. Is we don't timestamp well. Um, so remembering things like that are yeah. difficult for me. Okay. But yeah, so we we were in that process of married, you know, going mm-hmm. through um, life, which was an interesting mess uh, yeah. with the two of us. We had we had our dysfunctions that fit together. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I call it functional dysfunction is the way I describe it with relationships right. is the reason why her and I put up with each other is because our dysfunctional unhealthy issues fit together. And we were already used to those patterns. So each one of us, you know, there was good reasons why we loved each other and wanted to be together. And then there was also those unhealthy reasons mm-hmm. that we were taking care of each other's unhealthy needs also. And at one point when our daughter was old enough, um, she had been homeschooled for years and she wanted to go back to school and she was 15. And I remember we, we went back to the meet, you know, we went back to the school situation where we, we had to meet the teachers before school started. And I remember that there's something happened where I remember thinking like, Hey, it wouldn't have been that difficult for my parents to be involved in my life. And Going back to school in general in that situation to be in a school setting was rough for me because I was so depressed and I was so messed up during school, my school years, that that was just not an easy thing for me to do. And then I realized it wouldn't have been that difficult for my parents to be involved in my life. And then that just opened something Mm. up and it turned into resentment Mm. and anger. And and then boom, all those emotions I had packed away came pouring out. Yeah. And I went into a full depression full debilitating depression. And in that place where, where I went into that depression, I was, I was already a missionary with Campus Crusade for Christ. I was on staff at the church I was at. And they, luckily when I shared my issue that I was dealing with, one of my friends there was connected with someone who does inner healing. And he recommended that I connect with him. And I went and prayed mm-hmm. with um, my buddy Tripp who's down in North Carolina, who does the Leanne Payne style of pastoral care ministries, uh, inner healing style. And I had an entire encounter yeah. where I, I got wow. freedom and healing, was able, you know, even in a vision, met the woman that, that my mother was created to be and was reconciled to her and was mm-hmm. healed of that depressive episode. And I've never gone that deep again. But with my emotional disorder, I deal with depression still, still to this day. Um, And I have to manage it and I have to work on keeping my peace in my hypomania and in my depression. But I've never gone that deep again. And so so that's kind of been my journey and just pursuing healing after that. And and just really Mm -hmm. God gave me a message of identity and the sense of who we are in Christ and I've been pursuing that and helping yes. people get to know themselves and have choices ever since. So that's kind of, that's my journey of what happened yeah. and maybe some of the trauma <laughs> that, that I experienced. Is is that what you were looking for? Is that what helps you in understanding? Yes. Or is there no. more? That was really, really good. I was, um, wow. <laughs> no, that was perfect. Because I, I feel like that kind of leads me into um, the next question that I have for you. So. Um, I think for a lot of people, it can be very attractive to identify as the victim in your story. And I feel like this is what the enemy wants us to do. Um, I know for me, this was definitely, you know, one of the ways that he baited me was to identify with that which has happened to me. And I think he does this to keep us stuck, because if you're always the victim, you can't be the victor. And I recorded a podcast with Jenna Winston recently, and in it, she's talking about when you sustain a fracture or a trauma to your soul, uh, the trauma remains at the age it occurred. And 
I think what she said, because I read a blog that you had written and it ties into this quote from your blog awareness. And I'm just going to like read this little bitty clip because I think it's just so good. And I was just wondering maybe if you could talk about it a little bit more, but you said in your blog, um, everywhere we believe a lie compartmentalize and self-protect we stop emotionally maturing in that area of our heart. We may have become really good at protecting ourselves because of a lie, but do not confuse that with maturity. At whatever emotional age we started protecting is where we will need to mature from once we are healed. And when I read that, I just thought that was just, uh, when I, you know, the, the podcast with Jenna and then the blog that you wrote is like everything tied together And so I was just wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, I can. I guess where, and first of all, Jenna is a very good friend of mine. I love her. (laughs) So I'm glad you had her on here. She's such Mm -hmm. a good friend. Um, So um, the way, and I guess, well, I'll break out my opinion of trauma, first of all, uh, maybe to help understand what I'm talking about. But the way I describe it is, in my opinion, Trauma itself isn't a problem because if you look at the definition of what trauma is, it's just a distressing experience at some level. We experience trauma all the time. Um, And sometimes you just kind of get through with it and you go. But what what I think happens, this is my opinion of the difference, because the problem is unresolved trauma, not trauma itself. And and what I found is when we have some level of experience that that's doesn't fit the norm, something that we don't have capacity for and a lie gets established. And what happens is that lie is kind of bonds with the experience of the trauma. And as soon as we, we connect that lie to that, that's where we kind of get stuck because then we will also, that's when we will compartmentalize or in Jenna's terms, fracture. And and I just call it compartmentalization. Just, it's a simple term for me. But we will, when we believe a lie and that we, along with that trauma, we will also compartmentalize and then we will self-protect in some kind of subconscious program of fear, shame, and guilt that keeps us stuck in that area of our heart. And it's almost like that in that compartment of our heart, we just continually relive that lie over and over again. So that, that younger area of our heart is kind of like packed away in our subconscious and really, you just you're stuck kind of reliving that over and over again in there. And then every once in a while, when that lie gets triggered mm-hmm. for whatever reason, it comes up and kind of takes over. And then you react in and out of the lie, basically. So you react out of the lie of a past experience yeah. in fear, shame and guilt instead of being able to be present and respond mm-hmm. in freedom, peace and joy in the truth of who you are in Christ. And that's that's what I think. That's how I would describe that becoming a victim. And what happens is when you trigger into that self-protection, then that is the lens in which you see reality. And that's what's happening regardless of what's actually happening. Right. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. Um, I know for me, it was very, very hard to come out of the victim mindset because for so many years, that's what I was. and what was happening to me started writing my future for me. 
And it took a lot of prayer and inner healing before I realized that I am not what happened to me. And I feel like this, this can be hard for a lot of people because it can almost feel like a death if you let that go, because, you know, being a victim can almost feel comforting and letting that go can feel scary or like you're losing a piece of yourself. So i just wanted to ask you, like, what would you say to someone who is at that point? You know, they see the victim mindset and the self protections that they have in place, but they're finding it hard to come out of that or to let that go. What would you say about that? Well, the awareness of that is beautiful because most people are not aware. So just first of all, celebrate the awareness, even though the awareness is miserable. I know that, right? It's almost worse because now you're aware of it. And you, if you are aware that, oh, I have this victim mindset. Oh, and I do this because of that, that awareness is great. And for me, it's always about finding out in that place. Now that you have the victim mindset, it's, it's, I'm kind of simplistic. It's always the same for me. Through encounters with God, I I try to actually find out what is the actual belief system. What's the lie that is bonded together with that that event, whatever it is that you've now identified in. And, And with that, you know what the system is. You know what's running because of it or you have some level of understanding. But finding out what is the actual lie that you need to repent of. Because if we can't actually, if we don't know what the lie is, we can't change our thinking. And, and also, and that's the reason for discernment to find out whether it is all the hurt is from a loss or all the hurt is from a lie you believe. And that's where discernment needs to come in, where we actually need to allow ourselves to think our thoughts and Mm -hmm. feel our feelings. And one of the problems in the church, especially if you grew up in the church, you've been trained to deny your thoughts and discount your emotions. Yes. And that's why there's so much mental and emotional illness in the church. Is because we we're not present. We haven't been able to process, and we can't actually we can't actually deal with the thoughts that we have because a good Christian would never have them. So you have to deny or push them down. So one of the things that has to happen is we have to acknowledge our thoughts. We have to let ourselves think what's actually going on in there, so that we can capture that thought and make it obedient to Christ. And and I want to be clear, though, when I'm saying think your thoughts and feel your feelings, I'm not saying follow where those thoughts are going. I'm saying actually let yourself be aware of the thoughts you're having so that you can allow God to connect with you there and you can you can actually capture it, find out what it is, find out what the lie is that's going on in mm-hmm. that victim mentality because because one of the things that you pointed out, when you identify yourself as something, you can't be yeah. healed of it because now it's your identity. So you have to realize that, like you said, your trauma is not your identity. What happened to you is not your identity. These things that, that you've done or have been done to you have nothing to do with who you are in Christ. And Becoming, being able to know what is the actual lie that you believe in that and what's true. What's the truth of who you are so that your heart has a choice right now in those areas. You really don't have a choice, even though you do kind of, but you're stuck in that area of your heart. You don't even really know what it is you believe. You just know you feel like a victim. You feel like you've been victimized and then you see everything that way. And 
So if you can't do it yourself, really, honestly, if, if you're in prayer and you're doing it and you can't do it yourself, I'd say get outside of yourself and get mm-hmm. help. Go to a counselor, get therapy, get connect with, you know, that's one of the things I do with identity coaching. I help people get to know who they are and give their heart a choice so they can have freedom. And, and it's just a simple process. But get help. It's okay. It's, it's yeah, yeah. okay to get the help you need is what I would say. Yeah. And I can vouch for your identity coaching because I have signed up myself. And so um, I think that is so good because like you were saying, you know, a lot of times in the church, we're taught, you know, especially with certain feelings like anger, you know, anger is bad. Don't (laughs) don't give the devil a foothold. And some of that is true. But, you know, there's this part of us that thinks, well, I can't be mad about anything. Well, sometimes there's things that make you mad and the emotion mm-hmm. of being angry isn't a sin. Like you said, it, it's what, what do you do with that? And so um, I just, I really love your approach of restoring the identity of a person because I think it really goes down to our roots and our core. And I think so many times we overlook identity and only address the symptoms. And I feel like the enemy goes after our identity to keep us from becoming that man or woman of God we are created to be. So I just thinking, what would you say to someone? Maybe they're really struggling with their identity right now. They might be saying something like, you know, I just, I don't know who I am anymore. What is, what is something that they could do today to begin the process of restoring their identity in God? Well, one of the things I found, if they're in a place where it's maybe deep like that, like you're talking about, is realizing the helpful understanding that those places where you think you're the worst, where you just don't know who you are and you see all these negative things about you and you almost think you're cursed or or, or whatever it is that you're thinking about yourself, those areas where you're feeling the worst about yourself is the area where you are the most gifted and that's where the enemy has been attacking you from the beginning of your existence because because he wants to to attack your identity and your authority so that he can destroy your community and and in that place he wants you alone and helpless and hopeless and 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 i've been there i know that one that's one Mm -hmm. of the things i share with people that everything i Everything I know, everything I teach, everything I've done is experiential revelation because I needed it. Yeah. Because I needed that healing it is why I do what I do. And that's what I share with people is that, that I do inner healing. I don't do inner healing because I'm mentally and emotionally healthy. That's not where it comes from. I, and I know the truth of who I am is already true. And I am mentally and emotionally healthy in Christ. I'm just not in my life. <laughs> it's the, you know, it's just, I don't play, you know, that's one of those things that, that because of who I am in Christ, that's one of the things I joke about is like, I know I am the righteousness of Christ. And I'm like, I'm not a sinner. I just play one in my real life. And so, so I know we're not living out the truth of who we are. So being honest with ourselves in that place so that we can be honest with ourselves. And that's where it starts. Yeah. And again, getting to that place, being honest with yourself and with Mm -hmm. God. And if you can't be honest with the people around you, again, get out of that place and get to people where you can actually be safe and express 
But those right. first steps are really being honest with yourself, honest with God. And if you can get to the concept of knowing that these places where you really feel the worst about yourself is actually where you are gifted. And, mm. and that's where the enemy has come to steal your identity and destroy your gifting. So you'll think it's a curse. Yeah, I, that is so good. I know. Um, I know for me, one of the reasons that we even started this podcast is because this was a resource I needed years and years ago. And I just think it's beautiful how you can take, you know, what the enemy tried to use against you and then turn it around for good to help somebody else. You know, as you're walking your journey, you're helping someone else along the way. And I think that's just so beautiful. But um, Ray, I've loved this conversation so much. I think it's so important for the listener as well. Would you just please let everyone know um, what you're working on right now and how they can connect with you? Well, there's a, there's, well, two things I'll let you know about. For one, my identity restoration e-course has just been released. This, oh, awesome. this came out just a couple days ago. It, it's available on our, on, if you go to our website, faithbygrace.org, you can just go to courses. It's right there. It's a six week course that will take you. And, and actually, if somebody's in a place where they don't know themselves and they don't know what to do, it's a $49 course that's 20 years of experience wow. that that'll transform your life. It's it's about over 30 hours worth of courses. It's six weeks long and each week it's four teachings and one activation each week. And it builds the teaching and the activations build to the to the final week where you're able to actually take inventory of your own heart. Find mm -hmm. out what you're really thinking, what you're really believing, what are the lies, what are true how have you been self-protecting and what's available for you in the kingdom? Mm. And so that you can actually process that and have freedom so that you're equipped to live a lifestyle, a practical and sustainable lifestyle of freedom. So, so that's, what's just got released. And, and actually you mentioned it on one of the blogs, the awareness mm -hmm. blog. What I did is I, I wrote, I wrote that out as a blog First, but that's the maturing into yourself resource that mm, I'm okay. developing right now that I'm transitioning those blogs into a book. And and by June, hopefully, Lord willing, the plan is by June <laughs> 1st, that resource uh, maturing into yourself will be available uh, as a resource to help people. And that's the idea of that is remember, we talked about that immaturity piece mm -hmm. that when you get healed, you're yes. still you're still that emotionally mature. So you have this space now. What you'll do is you'll find, like, even when you had your healing, like you would have this space, you wouldn't automatically trigger into the victim mindset. And then however you reacted because of that, yeah, you'd have that space. But also within that space, you need to grow into yourself in that space. And, and you don't really yeah. know who you are. And you don't really know how to be who you are. So what I do in this maturing into yourself resource is I help you walk that out so that you can go from that emotional immaturity free, but not mature to actually be able to mature into yourself so that you can, you can be present you can be you, you can communicate, you can establish boundaries and you can mature and actually be the fullness of who you are in Christ. Wow. Okay. I want to sign up. <laughs> that sounds amazing. But um, I just want to say thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Ray, for your time. And as always, guys, until next time, we bless you. Mm -hmm.